Hi, this is Laura Harvey, and you're listening to Coffee and Valkyries. Happy New Year, OL Rain fans. Coffee and Valkyries is back for another season where we'll be talking about your favorite NWSL team and along the way get to know some of the players. For this season premiere, we actually have head coach Laura Harvey. Laura, welcome to Coffee and Valkyries and welcome back to uh, coaching the rain. Thanks. Yeah, I feel privileged to be on the podcast. Yeah, this is actually uh, might be the first time you were talking with you outside of a press conference uh, setting, either before or after a match. So, um, yeah, it's it's uh, probably been pretty crazy for you to be coming back to coaching the team, um, joining, you know, halfway through the 2021 season. Have you had a chance to just reflect on what that whole journey was like coming back to coaching the team? Um, all of the highs on the field and also, you know, all the things that went on off the field uh, team and league wide? Um, yeah, I think I've had enough time to reflect on it. I think, like you said, it was a it was a whirlwind of a journey, really. Um, you know, leaving to go to the Olympics, working for US soccer and coming back from the Olympics back in the end of the cell and working for the rain again was not what I necessarily planned on when I packed my suitcase to go to Tokyo. So um yeah, I think it was it was a um it was a rewarding journey um on the field. I think we we did some really good things. We obviously didn't quite get exactly what we wanted, but um we got very close to it. And I think, you know, when probably when Sam started uh, took over and and started to steady the ship. I don't think anyone believed at that moment that we could get there. Um, and, you know, to be as close as we even were to the shield was probably the most amazing part of it. It wasn't just getting in the playoffs. It was, you know, finishing in the top two and pushing Portland all the way in the end, I think was, was a real, was a real like exhilarating journey really. Um, and I, yeah, you know, obviously matched with some, um, really difficult things that we had to deal with off the field um, that that did affect our group in the end. And I think it, it probably affected our sort of end of the season, I think, in a in a way that we couldn't really um, obviously plan for or evaluate for. Um, it was just a very um, human moment, really, where everyone had just to deal with what they needed to deal with in their own way. So... Yeah, very, very, uh, very much a whirlwind. Really enjoyed it. Um, enjoyed being back on the field. Enjoyed being back at the club. And I think I said it um, in an emotional, more of an emotional way, probably than I wanted to at the end of the the semi final game. Um, but yeah, I just feel like I've I've come home really. And then um, looking forward to preseason training camp starts basically next week. Um, just how are you feeling about uh, what the team has done, the players that you've drafted? We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, drafted, I've also acquired through trades. Um, just overall, how are, you just feel, how are you feeling about the preparations so far going into uh, training camp? Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I can't wait. Um, obviously, you know, COVID's crazy and we're really restricted in what we, what we can do really inside, indoors with the players um prior to getting out on the field so I'm excited to get back on the field to see them all again in person <laughs> um it's been a while um so 
I think, yeah, I think we're in a good space, obviously, to lose the calibre of players we lost to Leon, um, back to Leon, I should say, um, at the end of the season. Always going to be difficult to replace. But I think we planned meticulously the draft, I would say, more than we've ever, prob- not ever planned it before, but I would say we planned it and what we wanted, we got. And that doesn't happen very often in the draft. So that was very, very rewarding. And we can talk about that in more detail. But yeah, I think obviously we picked up some players in trades. And again, that was that was very uh, planned out, really. Uh, I think really the only um, more spontaneous one was probably Veronica Latsko. Um, and that was off the back of stuff that happened with one of the draft picks. So I think, yeah, we've uh, it's been a good off season for us. Um, and I think obviously with all the the signing of the players that have been here before, re-signing mm-hmm. has been a, has been a bonus too. Do you have do you feel any parallels between uh, this off season and the off season you had between the 2013, the first year, and 2014, where you know, like, let's say, say, you know, that first year, you know, you kind of figured out what your core is going to be like. And then, you know, 2014, you were able to build on that. Do you feel any, any parallels to that going into preparing for 2022? Um, not really. I think 20, 2013 was so difficult. Um, and 2014, I think, you know, I knew what we were bringing in. Um but I, I and a couple of other people knew, you know, it wasn't just me, but um, a couple of other people knew what we were bringing in. But I think the excitement that I had around the shock factor that we were going to have, I really believed we were going to have, um, was probably unmatched. And we were in a very different space. Like, you know, we, that I can't even remember, I don't want to think about what the record was in 2013. <laughs> but off the back of what we did last year and the core group that we've got, you know, in reality, um, we've lost two outfield players really from the starting lineup um, that we're that we're predominantly starting um, when I came back, um, and obviously Sarah being an experienced goalkeeper, I think that is that's not a dramatic turnaround really. Even though we've had a lot of players that have actually moved on, and probably McNabb actually three players I would say in the expansion, um, and I think. Honestly, outside of the expansion, I think pretty much all of those players voiced in some capacity that if their role wasn't going to change, then they would they would be open to a move. Um, it was less about us wanting to move them on than it was wanting to make them happy and give them something in their career that they wanted. Um, I pretty much think everyone was in that boat Probably aside from McNabb, honestly, um, that was a bit of a gut punch in the expansion draft and not something we uh, we planned or were prepared for. It'll take me a long time to get over that. Actually. <laughs> so let's talk about uh, the players that the club drafted uh, in the college draft. Um, I guess, uh, what are you looking forward to? to them in terms of like, do you have any expectations for them to be an instant impact player for 20, for this season? Or is it more like they're going to kind of wait and see how they do at training camp and then, you know, with whatever minutes you give them in Challenge Cup and other, um, you know, other matches to kind of get ready for the regular season? 
Yeah, I think, you know, we've got a lot, you know, and, and I'll use draft when I talk about all of the young ones we've brought in. So Alyssa Mallinson, Olivia Athens, Laurel Ivory, um, all to me sit in the same realm as a draft pick mm-hmm. because they're coming from the same experience, right? They didn't get through, they didn't come to us through the draft, but they're, they're, they have to be looked at in the same way you would look at a draft pick. Um, and yeah, I, I am, I'm really excited for the group. I truly am. I think that um, we've got, we picked up pieces in every position, goalkeeper, defender, midfielder, forward. Um, there's a, there's a nice balance there that there's opportunity for them that if they come in and they do well, could they solidify a position in the starting lineup? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, is there is there pressure on them to do that? Not from not from us, but we would we would love it because it would it would prove that um, you know the big big grand plan that we had worked and is working quicker than what we thought. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited for for all of them in different ways. Really, I think like. Zani is is very European, you know, come through the college system, but very European, very technically based um, forward who who has an eye for goal. Um, Olivia sits in that round too. She's very uh, technical based, can play multiple positions. Um, Olivia Athens, I should say. Um, and someone that I I spoke to her September probably um once I got the job and I was like I'd been following her at UCLA for a long time um yeah I think there's some real talent there I think the one that's probably not going to come into camp now because the school is is Kylie Halverson from Santa Clara and she's she's studying to be a vet so um you know we we sort of knew that with Kylie that there was a potential for that. Um, and because of her not coming in, um, it really pushed us to to look at a different option. And, and that's where I say probably Veronica Latsko was someone that I'd always looked at, but I was like, oh, you know, I'm not sure if we've got enough spots. And, you know, I didn't want to stop someone else's development um, and her development to bring her in. And then with Kylie not coming in, I... It, opened up a door for for us to bring in someone and great I think it gives us loads of balance in the forward line with someone who's got a little bit of experience in the league um, as well as obviously Pino as well as Bethany mm-hmm. um, and then you've got Ali and Z who between them have been in the league but not had probably the minutes that they would want yet mm-hmm. um, and then the young ones so I think that we've got a nice balance now with uh, with having Veronica in there which which is great um yeah I'm I'm really I'm really excited for the group like so excited I think Marley Canales could be a real dark horse that we picked up in the fourth round um Olivia the local UW kid you know I think that's great um for multiple reasons it's a need for us I think that position her and Marley are playing a pretty pretty similar positions um I mean you know we'll be battling that out which is great and then we, you know, with Alyssa Malinson and uh, Rianne Brown, we've got that fullback defender option, which 
you know, I think is a need for us with the players that we've lost. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely a need and it, whether it's a need to push the starters, whether it's a need to be a star, you know, it's, it's up for grabs. So I think that, uh, yeah, excited for that. And then the goalkeeping union is, uh, <laughs> so <many> goalkeepers. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Like young, very talented. Um, I'm really excited for that group, actually. I think with Fallon was great last year, really developed well. She's a phenomenal shot stopper. She's phenomenal in goal. Um, Laurel done really well at UVA. I mean, he's very, very good at everything, really. And then Claudia's, I work with her at the U20s. She's uh, crazy. She's a goalkeeper, so of course. (laughs) She's exceptional with her feet. Very, very good. And she was a dual sport athlete at UNC for her first couple of years as a basketball player. So she's the girl's got hops. Yeah. Uh, uh, was it just Claudia that you worked with at the U20s or were any of these other players that uh, you drafted, um, you kind of had worked with them briefly or you knew of them through the uh, U programs? Yeah, obviously I knew of them, but no, Claudia was the only one I think who was actually in my team. And again, I only had one team we had one camp two camps we had one camp and the CONCACAF qualifying and then COVID right so mm-hmm. Claudia was the got was the goalkeeper um in the CONCACAF qualifiers um and played the majority of the, her and Julie Julia Doyle split the minutes in the CONCACAF uh so yeah I got to work with Claudia throughout those games so I've seen her in games which is great and then you know obviously Claudia and Laurel have just gone to the U23 camp and they're the only goalkeepers that have gone. So we're obviously seeing something that's the same, which is great. All right. Happy for them. And then you'd mentioned uh, the other young players that, on, that have been on the team that are back, you know, Z, mm-hmm. Allie Watt, uh, Fallon, you know, you can put Bethany Balser in there, even though she's, you know, entering her. She's a veteran now. Yeah, she's a veteran now. <laughs> but um, but also like Sam Hyatt. Um, yep. What Sam. are you um, What are you looking for in their development in terms of like seeing them hit that next level, whatever, however you Yeah, I think it? I had a conversation with all the players at the end of the season um, and said, you know, how I came in, you know, I was like a whirlwind. You know, I come in and it's crazy and how I manage the team at that time isn't a sustainable way to manage throughout a 10 month season. It's it's not. And for some of those younger ones, they got the, the, the bad side of the way I had to manage where I had to find something that worked and we found it and we stuck with it. Right. So I think like Sam's a really good example where, you know, she was due to start against Gotham. She wakes up with a back spasm. We win. So we stick with the same team. And then we just start going on this roll. And she's like, oh, my God. And then she was due to play in the Kansas game at the end of the season and gets COVID. And it's like, you know, like she just couldn't catch a break. But I think there's there's loads of players in that same realm um, who just need to be need to be seen. and. You know, I've made it very uh, known that to them and to the ones that were the opposite, you know, who started all the time, that the preseason and the Challenge Cup have to be what we use that time for. So, you know, it's not, 
we all believe like Angelina is a really good example. We all believe Angelina is going to be world-class staff players that she plays with. Everybody believes it. Well, we have to play her to see it. You know, the only way she's going to show it is if she plays. And it, and it doesn't mean that, I don't know, Jess, cause she's old. It doesn't mean Jess isn't going to play, but it just means if we have to sort of decide who's going to potentially get more minutes in one game than another, Angelina might get the nod over over Jess because we need to see more of Angelina potentially. And then the next game, it might be Rose, right? Like Rose has had a ton of playing time. So I think we, I've said, we've had a conversation with all the players and set the tone early that, again, as long as they earn it in pre-season and come out fighting for it, then they're going to get opportunities in the Challenge Cup to show what they're really about. And uh, yeah, and that, and I'm really excited for that. I, I can't wait. I think it's going to be a really fun period where we can try things out and we can see things. And we want to win it. You know, we want to win the Challenge Cup, but mm-hmm. I want to win it answering all these questions that I've got about the players. Or otherwise, to me, we're not utilising it to the best of its ability. Yeah. I spoke with Sam uh, Hyatt a couple of weeks ago and um, asked her, about, you know, what's, what's, what is she looking forward to in terms of starting this preseason working with you and like talking about, okay, what is, what is her development plan going to be? And she had mentioned how, you know, when you came in, you know, last season, you know, it was, you didn't have that time to do that, uh, to have a, a one-on-one chat with her to talk about, okay, what can we, what sort of game plan do we, can we establish for you, you know, because you know you are coaching a team that's still that's making their way up the table, crawling from you know out of second bottom of, of the standings, making a playoff push. So it's like you can't, you don't have that time to just you know sit down, drop a development plan for a younger player, and then you know you um, you are, you are sticking with what you know has worked, or at least what you remember you worked from before, but also what is the best. Uh, options you can have you can have on us you know starting 11 yeah yeah definitely and I think you know we've got a very um experienced in different ways backline now you know like Alana Sam Phoebe Lou like it's Sophia right they've all oh. they're all coming in with really good experiences in different ways right Sam's gone through a really good period for her development, I think, of like, oh, wow, like I'm not, I'm not starting every game. Like what, what have I got to do to get better? You know, I've got to, I've got to push, you know, Madison Hammond's in the same, in the same boat, you know, Sinclair Miramontes. We've got, we've got a ton of talent coming in, which is really interesting. And I'm really excited to see what, what that looks like. And speaking of uh, Phoebe McLaren, like, what is your plans for her? Um, you know, is she going to be in a starting left back role? Is that going to be another player? Or are you going to try out a couple of other players on that spot to see who can uh, lock it down? Yeah, I think we're going to have to wait and see. I think, you know, I'm excited to see what the potential is between all of that group. Um, and like I say, I think they all need to play together. I think they all need to play across the board in different positions, potentially. Um, I think, you know, people like Phoebe and Lou Hammond, um, who can play multiple positions, I think need to. Um, I think they need to see, we need to see what that looks like. I think 
you know, it also gives us the flexibility of a potential three back at times, which um, I'm not sure we've had before. Um, and we didn't have time last year, but we, we will have time this year. So, yeah, I'm a, I think Phoebe's a very, very talented player. Um, and I'm excited to see her in the group. Um, in regards to the coaching staff uh, that you're going to be having for 2022, are there any changes or additions that uh, you can share with us? I mean, we're assuming uh, Sam Lady will be back and then uh, Racky will be the goalkeeper coach as well. Yeah, Sam and Racky are back. Uh, really excited about that. Um, you know, I think Sam has had so much, you know, he's the most experienced coach in the league now, you know, with bar none. Um, and I think that that's just invaluable. Um, Racky, obviously, has got a great group to work with. I'm excited for him. Uh, we've got Eric, who's our video analyst, who also is one of our academy coaches. And Josh, who's come in as a high performance director, who's worked in more, Josh McAllister's worked in multiple MLS environments as well. So, yeah, a little bit of experience in there. Um, and I'm excited to, to look at what we can potentially do with the staff in the future. But for now, we're, we're sticking with pretty much what we had last year. And then um, the other big story going into 2022 for this club, and you were at the press conference when they announced it, was the team is coming back to Seattle, but they're playing at the big house, Lumen Field. Um, I know, you know, you were at the press conference when they announced it, but do you recall what your initial reaction was when they told just you and all the other players and, like, the team itself just, like, we're playing at Lumen? Yeah, I mean, just excited, really. I think... I think we all had a feeling when we played the double header that we hoped that this meant something more than what they were telling us at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I actually got told right, right before we were preparing for the semi-final of the playoff game um, around that time, I think. And it was when Seattle was absolutely getting destroyed with rain. Like we were getting destroyed and, um, and, and I needed it at the time. Cause I was like, Oh my God, like stressing about everything. And um, yeah, just, just honestly, the overall emotion for me is finally, that's yeah. my, my, uh, not, not in a, in a bitter way, but in an excited way. Like mm. finally we get to be where we want to be. Like we, we just can't wait to do it. Um. I think that's that's my my overriding emotion is, you know, I, I think to that, obviously, you know, whatever, you know me, I love beating Portland. I would beat them on a, I would beat them on an empty stadium in the middle of nowhere and I'd still love it. But I think that that day will live with me for a long, long time, forever, probably. Just everything about it was great. And I hope that we can recreate that every week. Like, that's my hope, is every week we recreate that atmosphere. Um, because that's what, honestly, the players just thrive in that environment. Like, they thrive in it. And I remember back when there was nights in Memorial like that, when Memorial was packed and the atmosphere was great. You know, that does, it really does affect the players in a positive way. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to, like... Uh, verbalize what that means or what it actually is but it definitely affects us in a really good way and 
you know, I think Megan Rapino, the Jess Fishlucks of the world, are born to perform in front of people. Mm-hmm. And when they have the opportunity to do that, they tend to thrive and that's why they are who they are. Have you thought about um, like what sort of adjustments you might need to make from a tactics point of view, knowing that Lumenfield is a lot bigger pitch or mm-hmm. does it feel like it's more relief because you don't have to kind of uh, restrict whatever things, you know, whatever creative ideas you might be wanting to run out there on the, on the field because, you know, before you were in smaller fields like Memorial or Cheney. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, always Memorial, definitely Cheney for sure. It definitely fed into our um, way of defending, I would say. Like the way I like to defend and, you know, me and Sam speak about it a lot is we want to be aggressive. You know, we want to be really aggressive in how we defend. Mm-hmm. That's arguably more difficult at Lumen, but it doesn't mean you can't do it. Um, and yeah, I think it, it gives us more flexibility with the ball on what we can do, um, how creative we can be in breaking other teams down for sure. Um, and also, you know, for, for other teams coming to us, I'm sure that was a conversation they all had too, was, mm-hmm. you know, finally that they get to play against us on a, on a big field. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think, uh, it, I just, yeah, I just can't wait. I can't wait to get out there and see who we play first game and hopefully all the fans turn up and it's a rocking atmosphere. All right. What do you think, Sylvia? Should we move on to the fun questions? Uh, I did just have one uh, right, football question. Um, so you mentioned when you were mentioning defense, um, Sofia Huerta, who you converted to right back, um, and it worked out really well for you and for the national team so far. Um, were you a little surprised about how quickly she picked it up or was that the plan? And is that something we would continue this season? Um, I probably wasn't surprised. No, that's not true. I was surprised how quickly, <laughs> how comfortable she felt so quickly. But um, I, I think putting her in in that game, it was a sink or swim moment. Like, this is it. You know, if you can do it in this game, you can do it in any game. And um, I'd, I'd actually spoke, Bill, had, whatever, Bill, me and Bill always spoke when I wasn't at the club. And I remember him calling me, I don't know, maybe April time. And he was asking me about the team and whatever. And I just, I remember saying to him, have you ever thought about playing Sophia at right back? And he was like, no, I don't think they have, and whatever. And I just, in my mind, thought it could really suit her. It could also suit the other players around in the team um and it were obviously at the by the time I'd come back Sophia was having loads of impact and assisting and scoring and you know blah 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 so I was like oh I'm, I might have to delay when I want to do this um but I think Eugenie and Pino were both fit for the Portland game and I thought this is it this is this is what one I think how we get them all on the field, and two if she's going to be able to do it, let's get her to do it against this team because Portland don't play with wingers or didn't play with wingers, so it was going to be a different thing for her to think about, and uh, and yeah I'm just I'm really pleased for her she's a hard worker, she wants to learn she wants to be better and yeah it will be something that we continue with this season for sure. 
Yes, I don't have anything else uh, football related. So let's do the fun questions. That's fine. All righty. So these fun questions, Laura, are a series of questions that we've asked many players over the uh, past couple of years. Um, it's always just fun to see where they land on uh, certain things and also just what how they answer uh, some of these questions. So first question is, who would you pick to play you in the Laura Harvey biopic? Like a movie? Yeah. Melissa McCarthy. Um, she's hilarious. Yeah, she's a super. Okay, this is the question that has pretty much divided the Oral Rain locker room over the years. Um, where does Laura Harvey stand on pineapple on pizza? Yeah, I, I have it. I like it. I actually had a pizza yesterday with pineapple on it. Um, where was it from? Yeah, I'm not in Seattle, so... Oh. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Oh, yeah, I can't give that. I'm in. I'm in. LA, I'm in my house in LA. Okay. Well, it could still be useful information for any, for anybody that's in LA or is going to be in LA. Oh, the best pizza in LA, and I say LA very broadly. I live a little bit south of LA. Mm. Is um, local. Oh, I'm going to say this wrong. Local ninety in the Redondo Riviera Village. Okay. Excellent pizza. What? Uh, item on the menu would you recommend i mean that's all pizza so just go with whatever your favorite is it will not let you down the best pizza in seattle by the way is pizzeria 22 just for anyone's knowledge west seattle up in admiral pizzeria 22 yeah i i agree thank you <laughs> and from there i have the pancetta pizza if all rain See, I can, I can give you, you want pizza from somewhere else, another, another city in the, in the world? <laughs> well, Probably, yeah, you know. since, you, since you are back in the Seattle-Tacoma area as, you know, coaching the team, but obviously things have changed because of COVID, but like, you know, what are your, mm -hmm. what, uh, what are your other favorite pizza places that, uh, that you remember? From Seattle? Or from anywhere. Or anywhere. In the greater, yeah, in the, in the Puget Sound. In, in the great United States. <laughs> um, you know what? I think they're my favorite too, what I just said. Okay. I think they're my favorite too. I can't think of anywhere else that I really like. Yeah, like a wood fire, but a wood fire oven pizza. You got you get me every time. I mean, at Pizzeria 22, the Nutella Calzone mm. is to die for. It is amazing. And I I actually am gonna be living in Alki again which is where I lived when I lived there before I, um, I got an apartment there. So I am going to be a regular. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so if the club held a talent show, what would be your uh, act or talent? Oh God. Or would you try, would, I, would you do anything and everything to get out of it as a performer and just be like a judge? I mean, in front of the players, yes. Um, but deep down, I truly believe that I can sing. I can't, but I think that I can. Okay. So I'd probably go karaoke and like just sing. Um, and then my next talent, I again, I think I could do, but I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm great at it. Is I'd probably dance. Okay. I'm gonna dance. It's my. What, uh, what song would you perform? Oh, my go-to karaoke song is um, Backstreet Boys, All I Have to Give. 
Really? Okay. That's my go-to. I mean, I would love to say Adele, but I can't play. I can't sing it. <laughs> rolling in the deep, rolling in the deep, sort of there, but I can't hit the high notes. I'd need like a group singing with me. When you do Backstreet Boys, do you do like the choreography with it, or do you just sing it? That one, I tend to just sing. Okay. I mean, if it was larger than life or something, I'd be okay. out the choreography. Okay. I mean, a doubt's really easy to dance to, just two steps. <laughs> yes. Well, since we are on the topic of boy bands, uh, have you fallen into the K-pop craze and do you have a favorite BTS member? No, do you know what? I actually saw them on something. Maybe it was a commercial or something. And I know none of them. If you said any names or like described them, I would have no clue. So no, I'm totally not in it. Okay. I, I'm definitely getting old. <laughs> no, don't worry. The the kids in my house love them, and I don't know anyone. They get very upset. <laughs> They're like, "You don't know who that is." No, I yeah, don't. no, it's not. <laughs> I, I spent twenty twenty learning about them, so yeah, uh, it's, yeah, okay. it's, it's it's a journey. Yeah, I'm sure. I have it, I t- spent too much time with Adele. It's too. Difficult. I was I was gonna check in on you. How are we doing after the? I'm not happy about it. I know. I w- <laughs> announcement. I was in Vegas. <sighs> I was going to the show. Man. Mm. Yeah, I was not happy about it. I was going to the opening night of her residency. I was so excited. I'd done everything in my power to make sure I could go. I had to get a negative test. Da, da, da. And then I was in Caesar's Palace. And then, boom, Instagram post. Have they announced like a potential reschedule or it's just they don't They know haven't yet, yet no. They ha- and actually, do you know what? This is where you know people know you so many people reached out to me and said oh my god I'm so sorry I'm so sorry I'm so sorry because they just knew they knew immediately Bill was one of the first actually Bill sent me a screenshot of the Instagram and said I am so sorry and I was like yeah I don't talk about it I feel like a Vegas plane ride isn't super far from Lumenfield maybe we can talk Adele into doing a Lumenfield for the well, support women's sports let- you know Let's just make sure that she rescheduled the date. Yes, let's do that for when I can go because that's yeah, true. I will not be a happy camper. It was a very difficult, difficult thing to get tickets for that show. So I forgive her. She's a Dow, you know, I, I get it. And then I also got very emotional, right? And I flew, I flew out the next day and was like, oh, I'm just going to go home. You know, I don't want to be around Vegas, too many people, blah, blah. And then I find out that she's opened a merchandise store and she was FaceTiming people in the store. So I missed out on that too. Oh, no. It was like double whammy. And then I got people messaging me, loads of players that I've coached, saying you need to be more dramatic. (laughs) She would have FaceTimed (laughs) you. I don't think that's my style, but yeah. Yeah, tough. It was a tough tough pill to swallow i'm not gonna lie well hopefully uh, sometime soon this year you know they announce uh, the rescheduled dates and that it's something that you'll be able to attend during like a bye week <laughs> during the uh nwsl season yeah i mean honestly it I, honestly i'll be calling the nwsl league office <laughs> and saying um no we need to reschedule this or just have Sam be, you know, push for that. Which is, he's done it already. I mean, Sam would understand, I think, actually. Sam would be like, yeah, mate, you go. I get it. 
this is too way too important to you yeah yeah so um yeah Speaking we're uh, we going we're going on a trip for preseason. Has anyone told you this? No, Maybe this I'm giving you uh, inside knowledge. This is the first. We're going here. to Casa Grande in Arizona for nine days at the start of preseason. Okay. Oh, nice. Is it just training yeah. dinner, or are you guys playing? Just training. Yeah, we're just training down there. Um, just with COVID and everything, it's a pretty remote place, and we're not we're not allowed to do a ton of stuff inside, like meetings and stuff, mm -hmm. and. And obviously the weather, I mean, hopefully the weather there will permit us to do like a, some stuff outside and stuff. So, so yeah, there you go. That's fascinating. Gossip. Has, has, the, league, gossip. Um, has the league uh, communicated out like what are the protocols anyways uh, for this season? Or is it kind of like pretty much the same as uh, what the protocols were last year? It's pretty much the same, I think, with obviously the, the recent variant and the surge of cases and stuff. They're very being very conscious of us to restrict what we do indoors right now. Mm -hmm. And obviously for a lot of teams, that's really difficult because we live in climates that you want to be a bit indoors. Um, so I, I, I don't know, but I think a lot of teams are traveling to be able to sort of combat that um, and get the teams in like a bit of a remote place. Um, so yeah, we, we decided to do that, which I'm really happy about because I think, with all the new players that we've got, a little nine-day trip away will be will be good, and and everyone can be there too, which is nice. And then uh, the the international players will go away again on their camp. Mm. So, yeah. Okay. And what is like the once you know preseason is done, Challenge Cup is done. Like, is the team like is there like a set number that the team is expecting to have for total roster count, knowing that you know some international players are going to be coming and going because of World Cup qualifiers, Euros, yeah. things like that? I think the maximum we can have is 26. Okay. I think currently we've got 24. And I think we might have three players that haven't got a contract yet. Is it three? Yeah, three. Okay. So we're pretty... The group that's coming to Arizona and going to be around us in preseason is pretty much what we're going to have. Um, and obviously, we, we, we as a team are always looking for someone who can make us better and if we think we need it. But I'm actually, I'm actually not um, in a position right now where I really think we need to go looking for anyone. I think, like I said, I think we need to give these young players a real chance to show what they've got. Yeah. And I believe that they're going to they're gonna be able to show that. So... Um, I'm hoping that, that they prove me right, yeah. which will be great. And that's actually uh, just a good follow-up question based on that. Like uh, we already saw, you know, last season with uh, Lisa Mayor, Marajan and Boydi coming, you know, spending the summer out here. We now, we've seen like what that talent exchange, you know, can look like in terms of the on-field product. Um, I guess like what's, how's the conversations been with Leon as to like, you know, what could the next, iteration look like in terms of like who could come out here to you know play with the team for the summer or somebody going out there either after the end of the sale season or you know somewhere in between like how have those conversations gone on with um the mothership club yeah they're pretty flexible honestly like when i mean flexible we don't really go oh we want these players and they say oh we want to send these players mm -hmm. to you type thing 
And I think the Sarah Marrow and Eugenie um, example is a good one where all three players really wanted to try it out. They wanted this to be part of their career pathway, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that that's part of the conversations that those guys are having on their end of like, is this something that you might want to consider doing? You know, if you would, great, let's talk to the rain and see if it's something that they think would be good for them. So that tends to be more of the, the conversation rather than us, us going, oh, we want this player and them saying, oh, we only want this play, whatever. It's more on what the players would really want to do. And I think if they show an interest in coming to the States, um, then obviously it can really accelerate our conversations on our end. So, but yeah, I mean, apart from that, it's, we, we have weekly meetings about all this type of stuff. So they're just constant, really. Okay. Um, I think that's pretty much it for our questions that we had prepared uh, for this interview, Laura. So uh, we're going to leave the final uh, segment of uh, this podcast to you as to whatever you want to say. Do a shout out to friends, family, anything you'd like to say to Rain fans for this upcoming season. The floor is yours. Yeah, I think I'll just to the rain fans really like I think we've waited so long to be at Lumen Field. Um, we believe that it's a place that we can really showcase who we are as a as a club, and that involves you. You know, I think get down there, show up, be loud, be proud, um, and come out guns blazing so that we can show everybody what we what we truly believed Lumen Field could be for this club. Because without you, it doesn't mean anything. Um, so, yeah, it's to all the Rain fans, all the soccer fans in Seattle. Come out and watch us play. I'm excited. Awesome. Well, Laura, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with us this evening and for uh, being part of uh, the first uh, episode of this season of Coffee and Valkyries. Love it. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you.